Part 7, Chapter 21, Friday, March 1st. Vera Wong is a CPA. I confirmed this from her business card, but I already knew. She exudes precision, shrewdness, and tenacity. Not like Evelyn. I sit across from her now in her office on Maiden Lane. My chair is hard plastic and the air is uncomfortably cold, which is perhaps intentional. I keep my coat on to avoid shivering so I will not appear fearful. Vera's desk is sleek and modern with a black lacquer finish. She has three large, expensive monitors, all nicer than the single monitor I was issued. The carpet is a soothing, muted green and spotless. There are no mouse traps or other signs of rodents. Behind her desk is a 50-gallon glass terrarium filled with exotic-looking plants. Some are tall, trumpet-shaped, and the color of rhubarb. Others are closer to the ground and have flat, open red and green pods. I recognize both and decide to make a rare attempt at small talk. Your plants are beautiful. Venus flytraps and Saracenia, I believe? Her face lights up and I feel a small stirring. Excellent. You know your carnivorous plants, I see. I always found them interesting. What do you feed them? Usually crickets, but they also need lots of light. I use an LED lamp. I nod. How often do you feed them? Once a week or so, but sometimes more. Feeding them is quite cathartic. She looks fondly at her plants and my heart rate quickens. I clear my throat. I have five piranhas. She turns back to me, intrigued. Interesting. And what do you feed them? Frozen shrimp, mostly, except for special occasions. She considers me for a moment. I think we will get along just fine, Raymond Lee. My heart quickens again, but I maintain eye contact. Yes, I agree. I start to feel warm, so I unbutton my coat. So let's cut to the chase. How long have you been watching Al now? I expected this. Just since the audit. I knew right away that there was something amiss. How so? Well, Jocelyn was avoiding me for one. She had many excuses. Jocelyn, yes. She narrows her eyes and smiles. But why were you observing them without their knowledge? What were you looking for? Just an instinct, I suppose. As you apparently had as well. She holds my gaze and I continue. I had three scheduled meetings at the Hell No office. The first time Jocelyn didn't show and the office was dark. The other times Jocelyn was there, but I didn't see a single client or any kind of decorations, snacks, or school supplies. It was supposed to be an after-school program. It struck me as odd. Go on. So I started watching them on different days, all during what they claimed to be their business hours. I never saw a client. Not once. Vera nods. And you asked them about this? Not directly, no. I asked for the sign-in sheets for their classes and group sessions so I could verify attendance. They refused at first, claiming the information was confidential. 
Then Evelyn intervened, and after that they produced a few pieces of paper with every line completely redacted. It was not helpful. She considers this amused. What do you think was happening? I don't know. It's possible they were holding the classes elsewhere, but I didn't see a paper trail for that or signed release forms from the parents. It didn't add up. She nods. Did you see any other activity at the Hellno office? Not really. I was mostly watching for clients. Jocelyn was there sometimes, often alone, but a few times with other adults who I didn't recognize. I saw L. Lawrence twice, and also a woman with long, blondish hair. Vera's eyes flash with recognition, but I continue. And I also saw you, of course. I say this reasonably, but I hold her gaze and wait for her response. I have revealed my cards, and it's her turn now. She nods. Thank you. Our office has been watching Hell No for some time now, and none of this is surprising. I give a satisfied smile. Since when? A few years now. We received a complaint from another vendor who had also submitted a bid for the after-school contract. The vendor claimed that Hell No had won the bid unfairly and had submitted an artificially low price for their proposal. They also claimed that Hell No did not have the proper experience to manage the program. Interesting. This was the contract with our office? Yes. I make a mental note. You told this to Evelyn. Not directly, no. We asked to see the documentation for the bid selection, which Evelyn provided. Evelyn and another analyst... Terry? Terry Mueller, yes. What did you conclude? We observed that L. Lawrence posted many photos of himself posing with the mayor and the Brooklyn Borough President. She smiles. But the bid process is well documented, and there was nothing we could prove. I see. I mask my surprise that Terry's paperwork was complete. We requested Hell No's organizational documents as part of our inquiry, including their board listings. We then noticed that many of the board members were also named Lawrence. We looked further and found that their accounting firm, Taylor & Associates, was also related to one of the board members by marriage, albeit indirectly. I was quite pleased that you raised this also. I feel warm again and shrug off my coat. Vera watches with amusement. Did you issue a formal finding related to that? Not against your office, no. The name Taylor did not match any of the board members, so it was reasonable that your co-workers did not identify the connection. This matches what Evelyn said. But did you give Hell No a finding? And what about the board members? My office should have noticed they were all named Lawrence. That's hardly an independent board. We decided to handle the matter more discreetly. We met with Hell No, and they informed us verbally that they had plans to change their accountant. And you accepted their word. That is surprising. Given L. Lawrence's many connections, we thought it would be more interesting to watch Hell No from afar. I see. I consider this intrigued. Did you know about Joshua Taylor from City Hall? Is he related to Jerome Taylor? Her eyes glisten. We did not know that at the time. That information is new to us. Interesting. I am secretly pleased. So what were you watching for, specifically? 
Hell no purports to run an after-school program. But like you, I did not observe any clients. Which begs the question of what type of business Hell no is actually running. My heart quickens again. And what did you find? Nothing conclusive. But I was very interested in the cash transactions that you found. Both the deposits and withdrawals. I sit up straighter. Yes, the deposits were definitely strange. They made nine cash deposits on a single day at different ATMs, adding up to $12,000. We asked him about this, and L. Lawrence responded that he made the deposits himself, using his own cash, so that they could make payroll that week. Vera laughs wickedly. I continue, emboldened. And the cash withdrawals were just as strange. We found large, unlabeled payments, all recorded to the subcontract line. L. Lawrence said that one of the payments was to himself for a speaking engagement at a hell no event. $20,000 in cash, in addition to a salary, because the event was on a weekend. Vera is gleeful. And the other payments? They haven't provided the full list yet, but L. Lawrence thought that some of the payments were to their accounting consultant, Taylor & Associates. So they paid their accountant in cash? Seemingly, yes, but we don't know for sure because the payments were recorded as blank with no description in the general ledger, presumably by the same Taylor and Associates. Now we both laugh. Vera immediately grasps the absurdity, not like Evelyn. Thank you, Raymond. This is most helpful. At the very least, we are looking at a material weakness of internal controls. We may also be looking at a laundering scheme. I feel a rush of adrenaline, a real investigation, and possibly a motive for murder. If Jocelyn was involved, perhaps, or if she recently learned about it. She smiles. Regardless, we need to speak to Taylor and Associates to get more insight into Hellno's finances and to confirm a possible relation to Joshua Taylor from City Hall. I would like you to join me for that conversation. My heart skips. But Evelyn told me not to contact anyone else about this audit without clearing it through her first. And yet, you're still here. Vera is gleaming. She knows she is one. I will ask Jerome Taylor to come to my office for an interview. I'll text you the date and time when it's confirmed. I hesitate, but then nod. We should also talk to their current accounting consultant, A.W.E., Vera's face lights up again. Ah, yes. Accounting with empathy. I give a surprised laugh. You know them? Yes. They provide capacity training for a number of small nonprofits. But their name says it all. Accuracy would be more useful to their clients. I feel a strange camaraderie and wonder if she feels it also. I hold her gaze, but she continues. Anyway... I will reach out to AWE as well and send you the dates for both interviews. In the meantime, let's stay in touch. She stands up from her chair, signaling that our meeting is done. She shakes my hand across her desk, and I show myself to the elevator. I walk outside, and the cold wind immediately stings my face. It is 1.10, a bit past my lunch hour. I walk briskly towards my office, and try to process the meeting I just had. As I turn the corner, I see Stephanie with her head down, 
walking in the direction of the DLI office. I duck into a souvenir store and wait for her to pass. Chapter 22 After a safe minute, I exit the souvenir store and watch from a distance as Stephanie looks around timidly and then enters the DOI building. I smile to myself, both amused and impressed. Vera Wong is spectacular. I stop at a hot dog cart in City Hall Park on the way back to my office. I get two dogs with relish and a bottle of Yoohoo and bring them back to eat at my cubicle. I mentally replay my conversation with Vera as I consume my lunch. I smile to myself again and wonder how her meeting with Stephanie is going. I am still smiling when Evelyn stops by. She eyes me quizzically and then smirks when she sees my Yoohoo. You look happy, Raymond. Good lunch? Yes. Well, sorry to interrupt. Is Stephanie around? I need to speak to both of you. She may be at lunch. I say this casually, and Evelyn nods, unsuspecting. Okay. When she gets back, can you both stop by my office? Certainly. She walks away, and I finish my second hot dog. Then I distractedly scroll through my email, waiting for Stephanie to return. At 2.35, I decide to walk by Stephanie's cubicle. My timing is exquisite. I arrive just in time to see her shedding her coat. Hello, Stephanie. She jumps, her eyes wide with alarm. Oh, sorry, Raymond. I just got back from lunch. Yes. Did you go anywhere interesting? She gasps. No, I mean, just around the neighborhood? She turns flamingo pink, and I smile politely. Well, Evelyn stopped by where you were out. She would like to see the both of us. Uh, oh, do you think? She looks around nervously. D did she say what it was about? She did not. Okay, well. She gulps gracelessly and looks around again. Uh, should we see her now? Sure. We walk together to Evelyn's office, and I rap lightly on the open door. Evelyn looks up and waves us in. Good. Can you close the door, please? We step further inside, and Stephanie closes the door. I take the single visitor chair, and Stephanie stands awkwardly in the corner. Thank you. I wanted to let you know that Sharon and I followed up with City Hall about our meeting with DOI and the police detectives. We asked them directly about Joshua Taylor's role. She pauses, and my heart skips slightly. He was an undergraduate intern for one semester, and not a very good one from what they said. I let out a surprised laugh, and Stephanie turns pink. Uh, um, was he related to Taylor and Associates? City Hall wasn't aware of any connection, but it doesn't much matter. An intern is hardly the kingpin insider that DOI was looking for. Evelyn looks pointedly at Stephanie. Stephanie is a deep crimson now, but to my surprise, she persists. Did he get the internship because he was related to Taylor and Associates? Shouldn't we still tell Vera? Vera? Evelyn's smile freezes. Yes, I will pass this information along to Deputy Inspector General Wang. I assume you both trust me to do that? Stephanie looks at the floor and I respond, Yes, of course. 
In the meantime, we are suspending our audit until the murder investigation is complete. That is the direct instruction from City Hall. Is that clear to both of you? I say yes for both of us, but Evelyn continues to look at Stephanie, and I wonder how much she knows. Stephanie, is that clear to you as well? Stephanie opens her mouth to speak, and her face twists into an expression of anguished uncertainty. Evelyn seems genuinely amused by the struggle. My heart beats faster as I sit forward in my chair, waiting for the drama to unfold. But in the end, Stephanie just says, Yes, Evelyn. And Evelyn nods. Thank you. I hope this resolves the issue to both of your satisfaction. I will keep you posted if we hear anything else. We leave Evelyn's office and close the door behind us. On the way back to my cubicle, Stephanie utters an indelicate noise. Um, Raymond, can I please speak to you for a minute? Sure. Uh, not, not here, though. Maybe in conference room E? Of course. She leads the way to the tiny windowless conference room. She flicks on the light, and we find crumbs and a coffee-stained napkin on the conference table. She slides around the table to make room for me, and I close the door behind us. Her expression is pained. Um, Vera Wong from DOI reached out to me, and I went to see her today during lunch. I see. I say this calmly. What did you discuss? Well, she wanted to know more about the email that you gave her? The one with Joshua Taylor? Ah, yes, the intern. I smile politely, and she cringes. What did you say? Well, I, I told her that we got that email from Terry, and that I thought Evelyn knew about the email because she was copying on it, but that Evelyn said she didn't remember the email? I mask my amusement. All of that is true. Yes, but... She stares down at the conference table. She also asked if we had received any, you know, pressure from Evelyn to stop the audit? My heart skips. Vera did not ask me this. And how did you respond? I told her what Evelyn said, that we should not reach out to anyone about the audit until we receive further instruction. Okay. Stephanie looks up pleadingly. Do you think, well... She gulps. Do you think I got Evelyn in trouble? I do not. Evelyn will respond that she gave that instruction in deference to the open murder investigation. Stephanie cringes again. This had clearly not occurred to her. But do, do you think I should tell Evelyn then that I spoke to Vera? I replay our last meeting with Evelyn. She may already know, or at least suspect anyway. Stephanie gasps in horror, so I soften my response. Or maybe she doesn't. Regardless, you didn't do anything wrong. DOI reached out to you, and you responded truthfully. City employees are required to cooperate with DOI investigations. Stephanie nods. Do you think I should follow up with Vera about Joshua Taylor? That he was only an intern? I think that's up to you. Do you have plans to see Vera again? My heart beats faster as I wait for her response. No, she didn't say. She just thanked me for meeting with her. I am secretly pleased. Then do what you think is best. It's your decision. 
Stephanie thanks me, and we exit the conference room. My phone chimes twice, but I do not look until I reach my cubicle. When I am safely alone, I open two new messages from Vera. Jerome Taylor, Monday, 12.30, my office. Come at noon. Sarah Albright, AWE. Tuesday, 5 p.m., her office, 110 William Street, 5th floor. I reflexively smile and feel a small stirring. My job has never been this interesting. I respond that both times are fine. Then I open up my camera roll and scroll through the photos, trying to make sense of the many pieces to the Hell No puzzle. I stop at the photo of the BMW license plate that I saw first at the Hell No office, and then by the office of Taylor and Associates. And I decide to have Junior's for dinner. <laughs>